You're listening to the Smart Women in Business podcast with Jane Mackay, episode number 45. Hello, you're listening to the Smart Women in Business podcast. My name is Jane Mackay from Jane Mackay Communications. And on this show, we talk to smart women in business all over the world about starting, building and creating the life and business of your dreams while having incredibly honest, in-depth and rich conversations with amazing women in business who will inspire you to become smart women in business. Hello and welcome to the Smart Women in Business vlog and podcast. I'm your host, Jane Mackay from Jane Mackay Communications, marketing consultant and coach who works with women across the world to build the business of their dreams. Today, I'm talking to Miriam Castilla, a beautiful friend of mine, and I'm thrilled to have her on the show. Miriam is a money and abundance coach for entrepreneurial women who helps you create an abundant business and life by showing you how to leverage the power of your unconscious mind and the magic of the universe and marry them with very practical everyday money skills as well as smart business strategy. She's a very gifted lady. Miriam's mission is to liberate entrepreneurial women from money stress so they can fully show up to do what they were born to and make a meaningful impact on the world. I'm so happy to have you here, Miriam. It's Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. <laughs> this is going to be fun. I'm excited. Um, Miriam and I have been trying to tee this up for a while. I've been on your YouTube channel and we've known each other a long time online. We have. We have a while. And um, Miriam has just this beautiful energy that it's just nice to be in her orbit. But um, tell me about your business journey because you are a multi-skilled lady. How far back are we going? <laughs> you can you can tell your whole story. This is my podcast. We do what I want. Okay, you're the boss. Good, 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 good. I like it. Um, so I'll, I'll keep it short, but I, it's relevant, right? And I think lots of people can relate. So back, you know, many lifetimes ago, I actually started out as a, an engineer. So, you know, I did the thing that we're all expected to do is go to uni, get a great job. And that was fun for a while. So I worked in petroleum engineering and then I moved into corporate development and that was all very impressive. And it, unfortunately, it didn't take me very long to realise that I felt like it was slowly, slowly sucking out my soul. And I really, I was, you know, I had the worst Monday-itis ever. Sunday night would just be, you know, knots in my stomach and I hated it. I hated it. And this was back in the, when did I leave there? early 90s as well so I was putting on stockings and heels yeah 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 old school <laughs> had, had the whole corporate uniform going on so you know I realized that was really not for me I had no idea what I wanted to do when I grew up but I knew that that wasn't it so I actually did something that was considered very dramatic at the time I went part-time and that kind of was revolutionary and it only lasted six months because nobody understood that the concept of working half the hours for half the pay meant I should be only doing half the work. Um, so in the end, I just quit and I went, you know what, I'll figure it out. And um, from there, I kind of went on, a, you know, I had a few hobby businesses. I helped my ex-husband build his business. Then I had children and um, then eventually we divorced and I was like, shit, what do I do now? Because I hadn't really ever had a business, you know, take off. It was always just side stuff to kind of keep me 
um, sane while I had kids and while I helped support him in his business. And so that was like, that was a big rude awakening because I hadn't been very smart with, you know, setting myself up financially and making sure I could ever live independently. I kind of just went, yeah, put all my eggs in your basket, mate. And, um, and so I ended up, long story short, on parenting payments, on Centrelink payments, welfare, if you're in the US, um, two little kids under five, a defunct career. I was broke. I was depressed. I was not in a good place. And it was, it had, it was around that time when The Secret had come out. And I'd always kind of been interested in the sort of spiritual stuff. But, you know, I was an engineer and that was all. <laughs> We're very you know, so it was, yeah, it was all very in the closet. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to have to figure this out. I'm going to have to figure out if there is something to it. And so, you know, I applied my engineering and Germanic background skills to breaking it all down and trying to figure out what made the machine of law of attraction work. And long story short, I... Um, you know, I went from having this one day where I literally melted down into a puddle of tears at the supermarket because my bill was 10 bucks more than I expected. And I was so living in fear of money. Like I used to add up things as I put them in my trolley and I screwed up that day. And that made me really angry. And I was like, all right, that's it. That's the end of it. Never going to end up in this sort of place again. And so I really immersed myself in that. I got my act together and I just got a job. And, you know, I'll spare you the litany of the ridiculous little things I did just to build my confidence but I ended up in finance eventually and then I ended up starting my own business in finance and it you know it did really well like it did the multiple leverage six-figure thing I bought three properties um, I remarried eventually and you know it was all looking really great but I realized there was something missing because I still felt broke and I still was living in constant fear of money and so from there, that led me to actually go study with Mike Dooley and become a trainer in his Infinite Possibilities program. He was my favorite teacher on The Secret. And um, I also became a hypnotherapist because as I started kind of coaching, I started venturing into coaching and so on, I realized people kept coming back each month with the same excuses. And because punching them in the nose wasn't deemed appropriate, I thought I'd better figure out how to Find help Find another get- tool. <laughs> Find another tool. I went, okay, hypnotherapy, you know, they can't give me their excuses because they have to shut up. And I basically helped them, you know, release the unconscious blocks that are going on. So what I do these days is I combine those three elements, you know, like you said before, the magic of law of attraction, the power of your unconscious mind and practical everyday money skills, because there's a lot of money stress out there. There's a lot of people living in silent money shame mm-hmm. and not all of them are broke. Many of them are not at all broke, but they're still stressed to the eyeballs. And um, that, so that's what I'm all about these days. And that's why that background is sort of quite relevant. It is quite relevant. It's, it's funny because you spent, I've spent so many hours with you in my ears. Like got 10 minutes. I just listened to Miriam's, one of Miriam's hypnotherapy um, sessions, the quantum visualization. I do almost daily. I love it. It's one of my favorite places to go in my subconscious. Um, and it's really fun. And but it's interesting you talk about that, that that's that money shame, that fear, that deep-seated fear that we're brought up to have. You know, rich people are bad, money is bad. We're taught all these things, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, all those things that you have talked about to me and, and, and I hear around the, you know, other, other places where I hang out about money manifesting and, and trying to 
break that cycle and those patterns that we're conditioned to believe and have that negative association with money. You know, money is a tool that we can use to make our lives better. Um, but we've got to energetically feel positive around it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we're and that not. takes work. No, it takes, it does take work because it takes untraining and untangling of everything, you know, all that stuff that you just brought up. And, you know, we're raised by people who've got their own money stuff going on, mm-hmm. their own struggles. And so it's just generationally all passed down. And then, of course, the other side of the equation is that no one's taught in school how to actually manage their money. No. So it's this huge thing in our lives. Like it's really important. It's huge. We're all thinking about it every single day. Yeah. And no one sits us down and says, okay, this is how you manage your money. Like this is how you make sure you pay your bills. How you do a budget. You have some fun money. Mm. Yeah, this is how you make sure that you actually move forward financially. It's it's more like, oh, cool. You want a credit card? Oh, you want a car loan? Oh, you should buy a house. Let's buy a bigger house. Oh, look, Mm. this is how, and you know, I was a mortgage broker. So I know that a lot of people will just kind of come in and go, what's the biggest mortgage I can afford? what's the most money they'll lend me? And Mm. it's like, do you really want to live like that? Especially when you don't actually even know how to organize your money and your mindset so that you have plenty of money flowing and it's going to all the right places. Mm. Mm. But plenty of money flowing is a really strange concept to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I always have money flowing to me. What What do you mean? I'm on a fixed salary. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's getting your head around that, that it can flow and it can be easy. And see the, like you just said, you know, normally it's, you know, when we first start out, most of us go into the job thing and someone else decides what we're worth and kind of gives us, you know, here you go. This is what you're worth. This is your salary. And as women in particular, generally, we're not very good at asking for pay rises or negotiating. So we have somebody else determine our value and we kind of just accept it. But then when we go into business, mm-hmm. It's a whole other story. And that's when all those gremlins come up because then it's like, I've never had to ask for money before. You know, I was kind of just offered and accepted and and didn't argue. And it all comes up. And when you've got that going on and you're trying to build a business, you know, it can really wreak havoc. Yeah. and, and, And a lot of people who run their own business have created a job for themselves because they sit there constantly going, how am I going to get that next client? How am I going to get that money? And instead of it being beautiful and easy and fun and giving us freedom, which we envisioned, we're like, oh my God, this is worse because I don't know where the money's coming from. I don't know where my next paycheck's coming in. And it's terrifying. And mm. I've been there. I know that. Yeah. And women are so giving, you know, that they're, they're constantly over giving, over delivering, over servicing. And it, And then, you know, there's this guilt around receiving the money. And so, yeah, they create a job for themselves, but usually a really poorly paid job for themselves (laughs) where they're still stressing about money. So switching that up and getting to a place where it's like, well, actually, I'm building a business. I haven't created a job for myself. I've actually set out to build a business. And a business is something that can operate largely without me Mm -hmm. because I've built this money-making machine and the money flows to me through this medium that I've created. And that's like, you know, that's not usually something most of them think about. Well, I didn't before they go out and start a business. They just go, oh, I'd really love to do this thing and I'd love to not have to work in that job anymore and I'd love to work from home and work around the kids. So I'm going to start a business. Yeah, that'll be great. 
that'll be great. <laughs> and then, you know, six months, a year later, it's like, oh, shit. What have I done? <laughs> what have I done? What have and I done? It, what happened to being able to go out to dinner? Yeah, yeah, it's so hard. And, and, and we, we spend so much time in that position of stress um, that it's hard to see beyond that. And, and it doesn't need to be complicated funnels and this and you've got to have this opt-in and you've got to have this thing it doesn't have to be complicated it can be really easy which is what you you and I've been working through on my business this year it's just like simplify and your business has evolved over the last few years so what were the signs for you that it was time to evolve change yeah I'm so glad you raised that because that whole overcomplicating the business thing that's just another way of working way too hard Right, and thinking that you've got to have all this stuff, and you've got to do all these things have all to be able these to tools and expensive yeah. software, and that's right to be able to justify the income. And you really don't, you really don't. And you know that's the beautiful thing that you've done with your business this year, and I've just loved it. Where it's like, well, no, actually, the value in my business is what's in here, and if I give people access to that, that's worth a lot, and I don't need to give them, you know or, you know, the, the graphics to go with all of that and the blah, 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 and the website. Well, I don't need to give them any of that. I need to give them access to what's between my ears, which is worth so much more. So um, for me personally, like I find that it goes in cycles. And, you know, when I first started in finance, it was reasonably easy because it was a franchise I was operating. So it was like, well, this is how we do things. And there wasn't that much scope. But when I went into my business now, which is really a coaching, you know, service-based business, but a coaching business, it was, okay, well, we can do YouTube, we can do Instagram, we can do Facebook, we can do LinkedIn, we can do all these, you know, ways of just even reaching people and marketing. And then we can have masterminds, we can have memberships, we can do one-on-one work, we can do blah, 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 blah. And I actually started out by running lots of in-person workshops. And, you know, I really love them, but that's a lot of work. Oh, there's so much work. Energetic, like energetic giving, so much. So much work. And so for me, it, you know, I kind of, because I teach this a lot, it's, you know, they say we teach best what we most need to learn. And I'm totally, you know, putting my hand up for that. Because as I talk to other people and I hear them, you know, going, why is it getting so hard? Why am I getting worn out? I go, mm, I'm getting a little bit worn out. Mm, I'm getting a little bit tired. And for me, I know that it's when I, I start thinking I don't have time to take we a We just day both off. did inverted commas for those who are listening to the yeah we don't have it's implied it's implied right we don't have time to you know catch up with that friend for coffee to take that day off to whatever when I hear myself think or say I don't have time that's when I know that I've overdone it because I should have all the time in the world Mm. if I've set up if I've created a business that's really smart that meets my core values and that has been built and designed for the outcome I'm looking for, you know, and that's not to say I don't want to show up in my business. I love showing up in my business, but the number of hours I need to show up are reasonably limited. And the rest of the stuff, it's like, it's optional. Either it doesn't need to be done at all or somebody else can be doing it. So then it's about sitting down and looking at that. So, um, you know, 
I've had a big cull this year because I think that with not being able to travel with COVID and being able to escape to Bali for my little reset, it's made me, you know, I've been more obviously at home like everybody and in my business, in my business. And so I, it's, it's been a blessing in that it's helped me realize that things do build up and, and that's that little everyday stuff. So just sitting back and going, no, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, um, you know, run that extra little program. I'm because it always seems like, oh, but I've got the time. Yeah. Just because you I do, can, do that. I can I've got that. the time, yeah. you know, like I'll organize my calendar and put in all my launches. And I usually try to sort of plan the year and it, it changes, but I've kind of plan it and go, okay, when am I doing my launches? When am I doing my main key things? And then I go, well, there's like three weeks there where I don't really have anything you know, I'm really focused on. And rather than going, great, you know, that's when I'll organize my YouTube content, whatever. Next thing you know, it's like, oh, I'm running some special little boot camp thing. And so this year I've just gone, nope, not allowed, not allowed. And even just the way I market myself, not allowed. You know, I've dabbled and tried lots of things and I'm back at nail that first thing, learn how to scale it and then worry about the next Mm. thing. Because I've spent, um, so just in the last year, I've decided to go into YouTube video ads and, you know, not promoting your actual YouTube videos, but you know, those videos that pop up when you're starting to watch a video. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing those and spent a lot of money on it and it just didn't work for whatever reason. It just didn't work. And I spent so much money, so much time, so much energy. And I thought, Miriam, you've got a YouTube channel there, you know, that you're, adding content to every week, let's go back to just actually getting some really great organic traffic. Mm. And when I looked at that, I was like, wow, I actually get a lot of traffic from my YouTube channel. So it's not that I need more traffic. It's that I need to make my traffic work really well for me. Mm. So I think, you know, in answer to your question, number one, if you start feeling like you don't have time, and number two, if you stop looking at your numbers, at your statistics, because if you look at your statistics, it tells you where you should and shouldn't be working and Mm. focusing. The key, the, there are key drivers in your business that we go, oh, you know, I've got, I've got this conversion rate, I've got this, and, and where do they drop off? But where do the conversions actually happen? Um, people think just because I've got traffic on my Facebook or engagement on my Instagram or, you know, traffic on my YouTube, that that's going to make their business better or bigger. Or, but if it's not the right type of traffic, yeah. And that's exactly, you know, I think I, I, I'm not going to say the number. It was five figures. <laughs> My husband might be he- hearing me. Um, it was a healthy five figure sum that I spent all up on um, the YouTube video ads thing. And I realized in the end, I was reaching the wrong audience, audience. completely the wrong mm. audience. You know, I was getting cheap traffic. They loved and gobbled everything up. They didn't buy a thing. They didn't convert and they didn't. And it also created a really crappy conversion, um, like open rates and engagement on my email list because they were really just tire kickers. Mm. And so, you know, it, it is that you, you really have to know, you have to do your, you know, that's why I'm big on combining both. Mm. You've got to get your mindset right, but you also have to really look at your figures and your numbers and know your what's important and yeah. what's not and combine the two because, just throwing money at YouTube ads was actually my way of going, I feel like it's all getting a little bit much. If I just throw money at it, will life get easier? And, you know, I recognize that now 
Whereas I could have just gone, how can I make my organic YouTube traffic that I've already got work a lot better for me and, you know, do less around everything else I'm trying to make happen. So we tend to do that, right? We tend it's, to just it's tempting. throw money at things. It's tempting. I'll, I'll just do some Facebook ads. It'll be fine. Yeah. Because you feel like you're doing something. But then inevitably, if it's not strategic, it doesn't work. Sorry, exactly. you had to go through that. <laughs> you know, it's cycles. It's cycles of things. And it's not to say, I'm, um, you know, like that in particular, I'm going to go back to it. I'll use all that knowledge again, um, you know, when the time is right. But the time wasn't quite right because I hadn't even nailed all the base, you know, the more basic things that are actually doing really well that I can just fine tune and get an amazing result without spending hundreds a whole lot of money. Dollars, hundreds, <laughs> man, hundreds. Just, just hundreds. Just hundreds. Couple, couple grand. So, <laughs> see, that number would have freaked me out a few years ago and now I'm like, I'm cool with that. Stop leveling. Hmm. Um, how do you manage your everyday life? as an entrepreneur because you have lovely morning and you do things so do tell I us do all. do things so um for me it's about what does it take for me to enjoy life right so that's kind of and and to enjoy who I'm showing up as and it's about recognizing what works for you individually so I'm really not big on here's my formula use Get up you know, at 5 it. yeah oh god and that's exactly <laughs> what doesn't work for me so I am not a morning person and I'm also as much as you know I can get really lost on the computer and go off on a million different things and you know I love getting lost in Canva and then off on this tangent or whatever it's actually not good for me so what works for me personally is not getting up too, too early, like 7.30 is usually yeah. when I like to get up. That works for me. Eight o'clock feels like a sleep in, like that half hour makes a difference, yeah. right? And I spend the first couple of hours of my day, I do. A, I start with a bit of yoga and meditation and then I sort of like to have a slow, you know, cup of tea, bowl of oats where I do some intention setting and I do a little bit of reading and I do my money tracking because that's part of my mindset practice so I've got this whole little morning routine and no one's allowed to speak to me no one's clearly don't have a seven-year-old son luckily not anymore (laughs) no so that's how I like to start my day it doesn't happen all the time some days I have to condense it and whatever but it's worth for me it's worth getting up that half hour earlier to get that in because Mm. Then I show up, you know, as my, my best self and I, I'm actually happy to show up. Mm. And then the other part for me that's really important is to limit my computer time because I can easily, like I have innate workaholic tendencies. I call, I blame it on being half German and being born there. Um, and, you know, I can easily pull a 10-hour day at the computer, easily, and not go to the toilet all day. But I know that one or two days of that and I turn into a cranky bitch Mm. that I don't like living with so I've learned that you know when my kids were little and I had to do the school pickup I would get so much done in that half hour before school pickup yeah right I hear you yeah (laughs) and that's Parkinson's law right if you've Mm -hmm. got more time you'll use it up so I'm like well I'm going to use that and it's not that I sit at my computer and put myself under a load of stress but it's that I do get up regularly so that's the key not too many hours at the computer for me 
and you know like having a finishing time going well that's it if I haven't done that thing I wanted to do bad luck Mm. maybe I didn't have my priorities straight or maybe I overestimated what I could do and and also getting up regularly you know during the day and I try to work my day so that really I only get you know a half day at the computer so that each day involves like some sort of outing whether it's going to yoga or going out like for a coffee or going to quickly see a friend or something and I find I get so much more done so much more done so like less is more Mm. and I'm much happier and I feel like I have a really balanced life that way and you know sometimes you're you're sitting at your desk and you're like oh god I've got so much to do and why haven't I done this thing yet and then like you just go for a drive because you've got to like you've run out of food or something and you're in the car and you're going it's all okay I was being just silly I was being dramatic you know because you need to like have that disconnect from that stress pattern So, yeah, so I've just learned to manage myself, basically. You know, it's like you've got this child that doesn't know what's good for them and then you also have to be your own parent and go, okay, I'm going to manage you and and keep you. We think we get to grown up and we know what we're going to do. We're all just winging it. We're all just winging it. (laughs) And, you know, and so we may as well have some fun along the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what does a great day in the office in your your business look like for you? So a great day in my business. Obviously, it's a line mastermind call. Of course, it starts with that. I love (laughs) I love the aligned mastermind. So, yeah. And, you know, one of the things this year with the big cull that I'm going through in my business, it's like, well, what do I really love? And it's it's my two programs. You know, it's magnetic money and the aligned mastermind. And I'm not allowed to do anything else like my boss which is me, says I'm not allowed to create anything else. So an ideal day is I never sit at my desk before 9.30. So you'll notice that all my calls start 9.30, my local time. They do. Um, And before that, and I've already told you what I kind of get up to before that. And then it's, it's really, you know, I actually like starting the day by just doing some bits and bobs, you know, kind of getting organized with all those fiddly little things. And then having like my first call with people and, you know, that whole what works well for me is mix and matching. If I have too many hours of just like working by myself, then I go into the like the mental fog rule or I, I may be guilty of, you know, my timer goes for me to get up and have a break and I don't get up, I stay there because I just finished this email kind of thing. So I like to actually mix my day up of having work time where I work on my own and then I have a call with somebody and then I'll have a lunch break and you know then I'll have some work time and then I'll have a call with somebody so that works really well for me and I think and then finishing up like really being out of the office by 5 30 at the latest and you know that might mean that might include like yesterday my mum was here we had two hour lunch together and so you know I left the office at I don't know six or something but Mm. I didn't start till 10.30 and then I had a two-hour lunch with my mom. So, you know, just for me, it's about variety and mixing it up and having time away from, like lots of time away from the desk and when I'm at the desk, mixing it up. And that works really well for me. And that Mm. took a bit of trial and error because I've tried that. Let's get all my calls done in the morning and then have the afternoon to be creative. But then I just found I was tired, you know, I was mentally Mm. drained. So I think, you know, it's great to try different things, but, the message is just 
figure out what works for you. Yeah. What's your flow like? Set up your calendar to protect it. Like Acuity is my favorite tool in the world. What is? Acuity. Acuity. Acuity I use Calendly, but same, same. Yeah. Yeah, I live and die by my calendar and I block out Monday and Friday. I don't do calls on Mondays and Fridays. Yeah, exactly. Tuesday and Friday, it's like, you know, I just put the little flap down on my camera. I'm not talking to anybody. And it's usually like a tracky dack kind of day. And and I go to yoga on a Tuesday morning and then I just spend the afternoon creating content usually. And Fridays, you know, working on my business day. Yeah, me but too. But I don't do any calls. So they're blocked out. And, you know, we're so lucky to have these tools because I used to find it, especially in the finance business, you'd have somebody on the phone trying to make an appointment and then it'd be like, well, I can do this now, I can do that. And next thing you know, you've agreed to something you really don't want to do. Like, yeah, sure, I'll come to you at 7.30 p.m. after you've had dinner and organized your family. And, yeah. yeah, and I'll come to you then and leave my house in a total mess. You know, suddenly I'd be going, what did I just do? What, what am I so, doing? What? Yeah. yeah. What did I just sign up for? And so it's, it's these automated tools are so cool because it's like, there's my link. It tells you when I'm available. <laughs> and block out time. Block out time and set the rules. I I never feel it on a Monday. Don't know why. Never have. Can be. It doesn't matter how busy or quiet my weekend has been. Monday is just like, no. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. So technically, I don't even work Mondays. Great. Because that's who I am, and that's how I've designed my life. And look, when we do that, when we honor ourselves, we enjoy our business more. We feel more aligned, and when we are sitting doing stuff whether it's client facing or you know working on the background stuff we're actually really into it mm. it really at the end of the day it doesn't matter how much you love your business if you're doing it all wrong and you're wearing yourself out you are going to end up hating it mm. and burnout is real i've been mm. there and it's hard and it's hard to come back from and it's just yeah you don't want to get to the point where you feel exhausted in your business or or resentful or getting that sunday night oh i've got to work tomorrow so my latest thing um, is I was meant to go on a, because yes. no, hashtag no Bali, I was meant to go on a Vipassana retreat, which yes. is like 10 days of silence. And I realized in retrospect that I was kind of, I, I was feeling a little bit stressed and overwhelmed and I wanted to just run away and be silent and have nobody talk to me for 10 days. And because of some personal stuff, I ended up not being able to go. I cried initially because I was like, I really just need to get out of here. That was me when my family couldn't come to Queensland. I'm like, Angus, just get over the border. I just need to get away. Exactly. So it didn't happen. So I had the week, but I took the week. I left the week blocked out of my calendar and I just went, I'm just going to learn how to be chilled out at home because normally it's, you know, go away if it's an extended period. And that was actually one of the best things I've done because it was a week of being at home and going, no, I'm not on social media. I'm I'm unplugged and just chilling out at home. So now I've actually organized my calendar to have that regular. So regularly. So it's, you know, maybe six weeks of just normal. And then I'm blocking out a week where I can catch up on all my content creation, you know, filming and all that sort of stuff. And then a week where I'm just unplugged. And I've now pop that into my calendar and I'm so excited. That'd be awesome. It's actual just unplugged weeks. And, you know, the world didn't end and it was really interesting. I didn't have to go anywhere to allow myself to have that. And I Mm. felt like that was a real up-leveling for me Mm. because, you know, when you get on a plane or you get in the car and you drive away, you're like, ah, I'm in holiday mode. And 
that change of environment helps you release the stress pathways and all your attachments. But when you're home and it's all still around you, to just let it all go and go, no, it's my week off. I'm not going to check messages. I don't messages know if I'm at, or at that level yet. It, it, it was a challenge. Like yeah. I was like, this is tougher, tougher than going out into the countryside and being silent with a bunch of strangers for 10 days. You know, that would have been like, well, I can't help it. This is the rules here. Mm-hmm. But this way, like I was still fully in charge and it was really cool. I was like, this is really up-leveling me. This is awesome. Ooh. I should market this. I should trademark this. <laughs> Unplugged at home. Unplugged at home. Yeah, and because we have been at home so much in the last, especially us Victorians, in the last 18 months, home's not, like, being at home for me is not that relaxing thing that it used to be. It used to be like, yeah, I get to chill on a Sunday and now I go, ooh, it's going to be flashbacks to lockdown. I'm trying to flip that back again to home being mm-hmm. a sanctuary and home being a place where you are permitted to relax. I mean, the, the only time I come closer, sometimes I'll go, you know what? I need a nap. So I just go, yeah. I'm just going to go and lie on the couch. And I'm, I haven't done that for so long because I did it last week or the week before because I now block out my Mondays and my Fridays and I go, I'm not going to push through this task I don't want to do and my business doesn't demand so much of me anymore and in fact I've, I've scheduled a social media post for tonight that talks about this exact thing I've had school holidays I've had three weeks with my kids mm. and I've gone oh you know mum oh you can't look after the kids on Monday why don't you come here for lunch and have the whole day off or when I drop the kids off at hers I will have the cup of tea instead of going I've got to get back I've got I've got so much work to do I've got so much to do yeah. and it's like no I don't it's not how my business needs to be anymore, but it's about making that decision and committing to that, mm-hmm. which is hard because we feel like we should always be doing. Yeah, well, we do. And, yeah, it is. It's, a, it's challenging and it can be hard and it just takes a commitment to chipping away at it, you mm. know, and to, to going on the journey and being kind to yourself along the way. And sometimes we get lost in the fog and then we go, oh, shit, I didn't even know what was going on and you've got to just forgive yourself and go okay well what can I learn from it how can I you know move forward and I think ultimately the whole you know being relaxed in the sanctuary the ultimate aim is that it goes with you wherever you are Mm. and that you can be in the midst of all the shit hitting the fan Mm. and you can just be like okay cool yeah that's what we were talking about last week we're talking about our vibe like keeping our vibe high all the time and going Mm. and and it's funny because if I'm I love my children. If I'm with but. them all the time <laughs> and never alone, I find that my vibration gets really, I say choppy. It just is mm. not that constant high vibe. And it's like that I have to find ways to manage that while I'm around humans because I can't always be around mm. away from humans. <laughs> yeah, if only. No, I'm quite an introvert. So sometimes I'm like, just drop me on a desert island with good internet. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be fine. And food. And a cafe. Yeah, yeah. Coffee. A good cafe. Just chill. And, and, and we don't get in the way our society is now. We don't get much time alone. No, I love time alone. Like the older I've gotten, the more I'm like, oh, just, just going to go over just there. Like, no one talk to me. Just ignore me for a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So you mentioned acuity. What are the other tools you like to use in your business? What are the other tools I like to use? Um, Excel, no. (laughs) 
Oh, I'm I'm pretty proficient at Excel. Um, I, I once wrote a whole trust account keeping software on Excel. Excel has this really handy function where you can record macros. Yeah. So it records what you're doing and just writes the code. So that that's handy. But no, I um, I love my Google Drive. My business now basically lives on Google Drive. That's one of the best things I've done because now my team can access everything, mm-hmm. and I don't have to worry about my computer, you know, my disk getting full and so on because I have a lot of videos. Like, oh God. So I love Google Drive. Love Acuity. Um, love Asana. Asana's really great both for just ongoing, you know, maintenance stuff in the business, you know, just those monthly and weekly tasks to make sure my team knows what they're doing and it's all getting done. And for projects, you know, so when I have a launch, I've got, you know, I've got like a webinar project template and you just copy it and, you know, there's always going to be some small alterations, but over time it just gets easier and easier. So those are probably the main kind of tools I use in my business. And one of my favorite little alignment and self-management tools is an app on my phone called Lock Me Out. I'm I'm on Android, so I'm not sure. Yeah, it's called Lock Me Out. And um, basically it locks you out of any, you can just, you can create groups of apps. So I've created anything that's kind of work related and has that you know, that impulse, oh, just check. I just, I just check my email. I just, just check. Yeah. Um, so I've locked myself out of all those. And it basically it kicks in at um, 8 p.m. each night until 8 a.m. the next day. So that way it, I can't look at anything before I've done my meditation. And um, you can also set it so that if you've opened, you know, this group of apps so many times in so many hours, it'll also just give you like a 30-minute Time out. <laughs> so I'm you can do all this cool stuff. <laughs> and Sundays, I'm totally locked out. So Sundays, yeah. I like all day. It's like 24 hours on a Sunday. I cannot look at email or messenger or any of those things. And so again, that's just self-management. Mm. And that's just, you know, because these things are freaking addictive. They're designed mm. to be addictive. They're designed to create those, you know, habitual patterns in our brain where we're just constantly looking for the next hit and give us that reward hit. hormone yeah exactly so we have to fight back you know and and fight set up like the, countermeasures the so the funny thing is so this this app lock me out you can if you really need to get in you have 30 seconds of emergency access if you need to get into something which means you can just quickly check whether you know somebody replied or whatever and and then you, you can't do that again for a couple of minutes. And when I first got it, I got really good at doing things in 30 seconds. <laughs> and Super you, efficient. Yeah. And if you do want to get in, you can pay them $6 and you can get in. And I, I have to say, I've never, no. never paid because, you know, I'm, I'm all big on the not wasting money on, on unnecessary things. And I pride myself on that. So I'm like, I'm not giving you $6. I can do it in 30 <laughs> second increments or I can wait till tomorrow. <laughs> Money flows to me, but I'm not spending six bucks. No, because no. to me, that's like, that's a, almost a game. And, you know, I talk about that in Magnetic Money. It's almost a game to kind of go, ooh, you know, how can I be like as smart as possible with my money? So giving someone six bucks to use my own phone not is smart. like, no, not going to happen. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, so one of the things I always talk about on my pods is imposter syndrome and, and mm-hmm. overcoming the bad days in business because we have them and they're hard. And we don't talk about them. They don't. They don't turn up very much on Instagram and the shiny pictures. So no, they don't. No. Do 
imposter syndrome oh imposter syndrome like whenever people mention it it actually takes me right back to when I was in the petroleum industry as an engineer which was so male dominated Mm. and you know I was fresh out of uni one of very few women and you know I really suffered then a lot um and I was really stressed out (laughs) I was not in a good place and Back then, I had no idea how to deal with it. I didn't know there was a name for it. I just used to work my ass off. I used to say yes to everything and then go try and figure it out and not feel like I was allowed to ask for help. And it was horrible. And I'm sure it contributed to my eventual demise in that industry. (laughs) Eventual minor breakdown. Yeah, I just needed to get out. And I didn't even realise it, but I'm sure I had some form of post-traumatic stress because I couldn't even drive down the street in the city where our building was without feeling anxious. anxious. Yeah, I just really. I had a job that I used to leave and I would scream in the car for the first kind of couple of minutes because I hated it so much. See, and, and, you know, I wake up now frequently and I go, there are people out there who are getting up and getting in the car and fighting traffic and, like, how blessed I am not to do mm. that. Like, whenever I have a bad day, I go, well, you know what? Do I want the alternative? Yeah. No. No, I'm totally unemployable. Nobody would want me. <laughs> I do not yeah, play I'll nice show up others. at 10. I'll show up at 10. I'll be gone for a couple of hours in the middle of the day. You know, I'll wander around don't the building to, to have my little stretch breaks and don't talk to me. <laughs> and I don't wear shoes. No. And I, I'm always in yoga pants. <laughs> and usually a blanket on my lap as well. Yeah. Chilly. <laughs> yeah, chilly. So that was bad imposter syndrome. And yeah. that was, you know, now imposter syndrome you know, it, it does definitely come up like, who am I? Because, you know, I teach money stuff. And, you know, somebody said to me the other day, but shouldn't you be like mega wealthy if you're a law of attraction expert? And I'm like, oh, who are you to say I'm not? Yeah, exactly. Like to actually, if you asked broke single mum version of yeah. me from yeah. a few years back, she'd be like, I never knew we'd be so rich. Yeah. Right? So, so it's all relative. But then I have neighbours who built a house for $25 million, like they're just up the road. We're like down the hill from them. Um, we're like the servants area. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got a helipad and they fly in and out on their helicopter, right? I don't and, want that pressure, man. And they turn over like billions a year in their yeah. business, right? So like there is really no end to how rich you can be. So that's number one. So that sort of stuff does come up for me. And, you know, I also like sometimes I stress about money much more than I'd like to be, you know, I worry about money and, you know, it's what I help people with, but it's because I'm human Mm -hmm. and not a machine. And so I always think back to Sandy Forster was one of my first mentors in this space. And she actually wrote the foreword for my book. And um, she always used to say, you just have to be one or two steps ahead of the people you're guiding and teaching and leading. And the good thing with that is you can still reach out your hand and give them, help them take a step up. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you're this mentor or this teacher who's way ahead, you know, sometimes you can't even relate to the people that you're helping anymore. And they feel like you're this, you know, demigod demigod that they can't possibly ever be like it's like well and and also it it makes people kind of think well it's okay for them I mean Mm. look at them you know they've got like a staff of 20 and fly first class around the world and blah 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 you know and then they don't relate to you Mm. so I always remind myself of that and I think that keeping it real and staying 
you know, keeping it real and being honest, like I'm having a really bad day and I got really stressed about money and I found myself da-da-da or, you know, here I was realizing I was really wound up because I was just ticking the boxes on my alignment practices list and I wanted to run away and be silent for 10 days and sharing those stories mm. actually makes you a better teacher and coach. Mm. So I've learned how to use imposter syndrome, you know, and turn it into something good. Yeah. And, mm. and, and you have to be a relatable human in business because we're humans buying from humans. We're not looking for some shiny, amazing human who will just go, well, a lot of us are actually the gurus. Just tell me the five steps to being a six-figure entrepreneur and people think that's actually going to happen. And that's yeah. what I think you and I are here to do is to break that down a lot. Absolutely. And it's the new paradigm of doing business. And it's why we left corporate, right? Mm. Because it's about real people helping each other and being real and actually giving a shit and supporting one another. Mm. Not, you know, sprouting a whole bunch of bullshit dressing it all up with, you know, glitter and a bow on top and then charging thousands of dollars and not giving a shit whether people actually, actually do anything succeed. with it or not. So, you know, I think that's why women like us go into business and want to show up and we want to be real and we want to be relatable. And I think that the market is really changing as well and people are switching onto it. You know, people know what's bullshit on their yeah. newsfeed and, and what's real and, and the more you own it and the more you're just comfortable in it, like I'm a real human being and, you know, sometimes I fart and it smells, you know, <laughs> like I'm real. I'm a person just like you, yeah. but I know my stuff and I know I can help you. Yeah. I think that's infinitely more attractive and powerful than somebody who pretends that they're perfect and oh, rents a million dollar. Yeah, and, you know, that they, they rented this house with all the sports cars and they're standing in the garage, not even bothering mentioning it um, because, of course, everybody's going to assume this is my house and my land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, meanwhile, there's someone standing there going, your hour's up, get your film crew out of here. <laughs> and people say to me, hang on, how could you build a business in Bruthen? So I live in this tiny, tiny town, population less than 1,000. I go the internet yeah that's all I need I work with people across the world I have a bloody great time doing it and it changes their lives and it's just me in a little exactly. tiny very messy office because my kids have been in here and breathing going and just doing my thing and people relate to that yep and it's, it's your strength it's like you know there are no excuses and it's only an obstacle if you believe it is mm. And that's funny that you say that because I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forget where you are. Mm. I forget where everybody is. And my husband always goes, oh, so, oh, you're doing podcast interview with Jane. Where is she again? I'm like, online? <laughs> like he's always asking me, where, 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 where is, does this, where is this person? I'm like, online? Like I just forget. <laughs> One of my online friends. My kids know about my online friends. They live on, they live in the internet. Yeah, yeah. And they go, oh, you're talking to Miriam. Oh, you're on, yeah, your online friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your money lady. Yeah, yeah, my money lady. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, and it's fine. And that's how the world is now. So, and, and which brings me to my next question. How do you maintain your sense of community while working essentially by yourself mm. in the world of the interwebs? Yes. Well, I am an introvert, so I... I don't mind. I, it actually serves me really well to be able to go, hi, everybody, and then to be able to go, okay, 
Thanks, week. Right. It actually serves me really well because mm. I need to go and recharge on my own. However, um, I think that my sense of community for me, I get a huge amount of it from my work. And it's about structuring, you know, my programs. Like you'll notice I do group programs. Mm because it I mean, gives me that buzz like I'm that weird <laughs> introvert who who will talk to anyone and talk a lot but then I'm just like you know the air's yeah. gone out of the balloon and I have to I usually ghost at a party because I've just I can't I'm exactly do it the same. Anymore. don't get me in a networking event yeah I'm like oh I'm so shy right now will yeah. this corner does this corner I'll just stand here and hope someone I know talks to me yeah yeah so I get my sense of community a lot from through my work because you know I, I attract the people I want to be working with and who want ultimately what I want which is to build a really beautiful abundant business that makes an impact and not let money be an issue so it's really cool having that and then like in terms of peers and so on I I make sure that it, I use the same um, methodologies I do to make sure that I get regular massages and chiropractor appointments I book the next appointment when I leave right so at the end of my massage or often before it I'll book my next one in and I'll do the same with the chiropractor and I do the same with like when I do coffee catch-ups with you know friends or peers or whatever online it's like okay when are we booking the next one and it might not be for two or three months but at least it's in there mm. and then you know if we need to shuffle it around we shuffle it around but you set the intention that I'm going to catch up again. And then I do the same, you know, with my real life 3D friends here where, you know, we'll go out for dinner like we just went out on the weekend with my little my little posse and we're like, okay, when's the next one happening? And we book it in straight away and that way it actually happens because mm. otherwise time flies and next thing you know, you don't see people for a year. Yeah, scary. And that's just weird. It is weird because yeah. we used to be so offline that it used to be something we had to do to find people. And now we feel that we're always caught up with people because of social media, you know. Mm. But it's, yeah, I love, I love, but what I love being in somewhere really rural is that online gives me a community because mm-hmm. I have people here, IRL friends, but there's not many people where I live. Um, yeah. And so, and because we don't have the school connection anymore because we're not allowed into the school grounds and all of that so online's kept me going socially mm. um over the last 18 months what are we up to yeah so. and you know victoria's like really a tough place as far as australia goes a tough place to live mm. in terms of COVID and all of that i'm in south australia we're like oh yeah that's right COVID. COVID. Like, yeah well we're like regional it, so we've it's had only it easier, just but... lightly brushed us you know oh, yeah we had 111 days of lockdown i think in a row last year homeschooling a prep I think and also with lockdown you know I'm lucky in that I don't have school-age kids anymore because I can't even imagine that um but it's also just that mental weight of I'm not supposed to go out well I I don't go out anyway but (laughs) now I'm not allowed 10 weeks at home in theory but don't make me do it (laughs) Exactly. Don't tell me what I am and I'm not allowed to do. Don't you know I'm an entrepreneur and I don't take instruction? Don't tell me what to do. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You know, that's what I kept going. It's fine. We'll be fine. 
but yeah it was it was full on um so what's your why what keeps you motivated and you've touched on having a business values-based business having purpose and so tell me more about the why so yeah that's really ultimately you know sometimes and because I deal very much with money it can start to seem like it's all a bit superficial but it's not at all because money is this huge stress stressor in our society and especially among entrepreneurial women looking to build their small business and when you can take that out of the equation you liberate them to actually do that amazing thing that they want to do so that's my why like to mm-hmm. To think about all these women who are going, oh, my God, I really don't want to have to go back to a job and I really want this to succeed and I don't want to look like a failure in front of my partner or my friends and, you know, to liberate them from all of that and have them, you know, really love their business and not just that, make that impact because I think that Mm. the more this, you know, small solo entrepreneurs thing starts gathering momentum, the more we start having those businesses that, really care and make an impact and it's you know a real move away from the big corporations and the you know you're just a number and and that whole system to you know really caring and deep and meaningful connected way of doing business Mm. and serving people and it just allows this whole other you know, world to be unleashed where, yeah, I can be a kinesiologist and work online and make six figures and I really help people. Mm. Or I can be a medical intuitive instead of being stuck in my nursing job and I'm making more of a difference to people's health and well-being than I did, you know, by taking their blood pressure and giving them their pills every four hours. So, you know, it's a real shift in the world that happens as a result of women in particular being able to build their businesses Mm. and that really excites me and if I can you know help them by taking one of the big stress factors that keeps them playing small out of the equation you know my life is worth living like I do have this big thing like I was sent here and I have this opportunity on earth like do something good with it you know I do feel that kind of not weighing on my shoulders but I do feel that I better make sure I do make the most out of being here. Yeah. It's, a responsibility. Have, it's, it's like you have a responsibility mm-hmm. to, to, to do that. Um, it's a weird one because I read this vague quote that I think the Dalai Lama said, but you've got to put it, get the context about how Western women will change the world. Yeah. Because we now have this power where we're women, but we've got money to amplify the impact that women can have and whether like really very much the first second generation to be able to do that yeah absolutely it's powerful really powerful we're not oppressed like women used to be and we have a voice now and we can make an impact so yeah totally that's amazing it's exciting it is exciting we're excited so um what are your top tips then for the smart women in business across the world (sighs) top tips Okay, top tip, I would say, from this is not just based on my own experience, also based on all the work I do with everybody else. It's really important to get totally clear and you're not going to do it all 
in one day. It's a, it's a con continual work in progress, but to always stay really connected to what you really want and what truly lights you up and how you want to do it because people are going to be full of ideas and suggestions and asking you to do things, telling you how great you are, how much you've helped them. And there's going to be coaches out there that sometimes you pay a lot of money that tell you to do things a certain way. You need to run every single thing through the, is that how I want to do things filter? Mm -hmm. You are, you know, the master of your world and you get to choose and you get to decide. So don't give away your power would be my number one tip. And the second top tip is, ooh, I had them and now I forgot them, um, which means I'm having to really think about it, which is good. So the second one, I would say, remember that the only thing that matters is what you, when you, when you react to whatever's going on, a really great question to ask yourself is what am I making it mean? Because you get to decide whether something's good or bad, an opportunity or an obstacle. So remember that, you know, your thoughts become things and you're a powerful creator and it's your mind that is the engine behind all of that. So just like I said, you know, filter the ideas and see if they're a match for you and make sure you're really grounded and cleared on what you want. Realize that you're also filtering everything you're observing through your model of reality and, and constantly check in because if you feel like things aren't going very well, well, are they really? Or have you just decided that everything that's happened means things aren't going well? Mm. And constantly kind of check in with yourself, like be your own coach and constantly check in on your mindset and what you're making things mean. Mm. I think what am I making it mean? This mean is a really great question to just always have, you know, ready to whip out have it there ready to mm. go because we do we, we we construct our own reality yeah and, and something happens and we go oh shit that means that was a bad idea or yeah that means i'm on the wrong track or that means my business is doomed or whatever and does it is does it, it really what no. could be more true than that mm. Mm. these are the interesting mm. conversations i have with miriam um yes <laughs> how can people find out more about you and your work miriam because i'm sure a lot of people listen to this and go I need more Miriam in my life. Cool. Well, <laughs> if you love the sound of my voice <laughs> and you want to hear more of it, um, jump on my YouTube channel. So it's called Miriam Castilla TV, which I decided was a, I think I was very Marie Forleo influenced early in my business career. Look, I'll, so. I'll, li I'll live to regret my URL forever because it's so long. Anyway. So long. Yeah. So, so long. Miriam Castilla TV on YouTube. I'll link or it. Or you can jump, if you want to look at, you know, some free resources I have and so on, you can jump on my website, miriamcastilla.com. Castilla is with two L's. Two L's. And I will link it in the show notes. Thank you Beautiful. so much for today Miriam it has been beautiful. so fun we yeah. did go everywhere didn't we in our conversation <laughs> we always do thanks for listening to the smart women of business podcast if you'd like access to the show notes please visit my website jmckaycommunications.com.au forward slash blog if you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more please don't forget to subscribe until next time keep on being a smart woman in business